everyone, this is episode 9 of Veer Queer, and I'm B. My. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us, Britt Vosicek. How are Hi. you doing? Hi. I'm feeling so special and guesty. <laughs> Do you? As you are. As you are. You are special. Um, so we have Britt here with us today because today we're going to talk about consent in light of, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up and with the me too movement and harvey weinstein and aziz and sorry which i'm really still really sad about that actually Drat. i know <laughs> i was holding out but i guess we all like there's there's no such thing as a, as a, a hero i guess but whatever it's fine yeah. um but anyway so we we're bringing brit on because brit has her own podcast actually on the mockingbird network called poly wanna podcast um you guys should check that out and along with other podcasts on there and she also does the show your body uh was it like a burlesque show yeah it's a variety show it's mostly burlesque okay and so we just wanted to bring Britt on to talk about consent and also the polyamory comedian a little bit about her podcast and her show but before we get into that uh Mai has a little disclaimer for us yeah um, the content that we will be talking about could be triggering for some folks so this is a warning before you do get into the episode brace yourself or don't listen um we're gonna try to keep it as clean as possible yeah yeah yeah, so before we get started, you mentioned stuff about Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and I guess I just want to ask y'all, do y'all celebrate Valentine's? Do you, what do you, what are y'all gonna do? Britt, what do you? Um, I don't know how to answer this without sounding really cheesy, but be I'm seeing, cheesy. be cheesy, I'm, be I'm cheesy, this, I'm seeing know? this new guy who I'm like so in love with, Ooh. and um, we're gonna go out. I guess. Yeah. I don't really know. We have many plans, but... Oh, we Valentine's have, Day? Yeah. During the day, we're going to go to Hooters with this girl that I kind of have a crush on, mm-hmm. and then at night, I don't really know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm really excited to spend That's a Valentine's so Day with someone I like. Cheesy and cute. Oh, do you, do you normally celebrate Valentine's Day? Not really. No. Sometimes I'll do... I did... Last year, I made self-love cards Ooh. for a bunch... Like, I made, like, a bunch of these little self-love cards and oh, handed them out. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had a partner. Or if I did, we weren't celebrating or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, generally, I don't... I mean, like, I don't really care about holidays anyway. But this year, I'm, like, super stoked. Because oh. you got someone. Yeah. You got a boo. Yeah, I got one of those boo things. Boo yeah. <laughs> How dare I? I'm, like, mad at myself. What about you guys? Um, um no actually i am going to be spending it single i think almost every valentine's day i've had i've been single or if i had someone it wasn't like anything serious mm-hmm. like it wasn't ever like oh we're in a relationship and we're gonna do a thing um i think most of the time it's been more of like i'm casually seeing someone but we're not gonna do anything but this year i'm, I'm not doing anything i think i'm just gonna stay home with my dog and watch netflix and buy discounted candy the next day uh, <laughs> i haven't had like a legit valentine's day since like high school i remember this this guy I was like in love with i was with him for, like a year and you know like when you're in high school you're like oh my god it's the love of my life mm-hmm. he got me like you a- mean right now yesterday yeah <laughs> <laughs> um he got me like this bouquet of roses oh. yeah i know what a fucking doll <laughs> yeah but no i'm not doing anything what about you my mm, come pass. on what no you asked me and brit <laughs> what are you doing for valentine's day um nothing 
Because it's on a weekday, and I probably have to work. Fucking same. Wah, wah, I'm on that nine to five well, life. So, um, my previous relationships, I. <laughs> wow. wow, wow, what does that giggle yeah, mean? What, what's going on? So, like, I I hate Valentine's Day. Same. I hate it, um, just because it's commercialized, and I I'm a person who's like, why do you have to have a day to celebrate? someone to show them love. But then at the same time, I bet if you had a boo, you'd be like, oh my god, let's do something. No. So, really? Okay. So, oh. this is what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I stand corrected. The past relationships I've been in, mm-hmm. I, like, refuse to celebrate it. And so, like, I made a lot of people, like, hate me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, my. <sighs> I guess I never was truly in love. I'm kidding. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Because yeah. I did. Yeah. Do what you want. Indy, what about you? Um, yeah. I've never celebrated Valentine's Day properly. Um, I usually just celebrate it the day after. Um, I'm usually single. Um, always. And, <laughs> and so I usually just uh, wait until the 15th when all the candy is uh, cheap. All the roses are a little bit dead. Hell yeah. And if I'm feeling extra single, I'll like buy myself a teddy bear and <laughs> eat a bunch of chocolate and watch horror films. And that's a tradition. Horror films? Is it because Valentine's Day makes you think of horror? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Why did you say it like yeah. the protagonist in a horror film? <laughs> I know. I think it's something I studied in high school. I watched like a lot of scary films in high school. Um, so I think I just carried on the shit. I don't watch them as often, but like, you know, for special occasions, I'll put one on. Nice. Why do you want to be my Valentine this year? Um, Are you going to bring me something? Bitch, no, because you said I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Then why the fuck would you ask me to be your Valentine? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you want to hang out or something. Yeah, we can be cute and gay. Cool. (laughs) Plot twist, very gay. (laughs) Plot twist, I'm very gay. Who knew? All right. Well, I guess, yeah, with with that said, I guess we're all pretty, except for Brit. Yeah, Britt's the only one with actual legit plans. So everyone else, like, yeah. And my girlfriend is gonna spend Valentine's Day with her partners. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So y'all like sharing split time, or y'all split time? I don't sharing? think I'm gonna see her on Valentine's Day. Oh, do you want to? Well, I kind of got her a Valentine's Day gift already. So mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to see her on Valentine's Day. Um, Not like I won't. I don't <laughs> want to. But like it's I want. Just the way you may sound like I a know. I want her to fucker. hang out with her other partners. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's fair. Because I'm kind of underwhelming. No, don't say that. that. I mean, like they're dudes, and they kind of have that whole like get a bitch flowers thing going. Oh. Um, yeah. So. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Let her get spoiled. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with that said, I guess like with, you know, Valentine's Day when people do things Do the after, hanky panky. Do the hanky panky. Are you trying to say people be fucking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so shy about it? <laughs> what? People have sex? What is that? Oh my God. Not for my virgin ears. Maybe that's why I call it the hanky panky. I can't fucking take it serious. I did. I don't know if this is appropriate, but we did a photo shoot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my boo and I, and it's mm-hmm. like these cute. I don't want to like plug my porn on this podcast, but you could. <laughs> I mean, like, we've had a porn star on the podcast. Oh, cool! You guys in a porn suite. <laughs> <laughs> it's Astra Adara. Look it up on Tumblr. Mm. Um, 
but we did a little photo shoot in this like peach like lingerie thing and it was like super sweet and i loved it so much and i'm gonna i'm gonna drop the um pictures on valentine's day that's so cute i love it i'm so jealous now I'm like really pissed. I don't have a, a boo now. Bray over here, like no, 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 no. All these things. You get to look at me naked though. It's oh, like the whole thing. Cool. Or almost naked. Val- Happy Valentine's Day to me. Happy yeah, Valentine's so, Day to everybody. So if you have a date, you should just bring up Brit's picture. Yeah. Like, right. Hey, this. Let's get the mood going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the mood going. A picture of Brit. But consensually get the mood going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so speaking of consent, then. When great you, segue, guys. So yeah, right. <laughs> Shut up. No, but I mean, like, it's it's a it's a touchy subject. You know what I mean? Like, it's a complicated subject, and I think that we're coming into a point in time now where talking about consent is so necessary and important. Like, I think back then, I don't. I mean, I don't know how back then, but in the past, I I I would argue that. You know, when you have sex with someone, you, I don't even think there's even a conversation about like, is this okay or whatever. It just kind of was assumed that once you're in the bedroom, you guys take your clothes off and that was it. Right. But I think, yeah, right. So I think we're, I think we're at a point in time now where we're trying to become a lot more aware of where the person is at. Mm -hmm. Um, like before we, you do the sex or whatever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do, do, do the sex do the it. and <clears throat> and i think that we're we're still trying to figure out how to go about that now since this is still like even i don't want to say this but it kind of is like a new concept to sort of talk about consent in a very explicit manner that we're still trying to figure that out right well let me tell y'all uh, tell it Britt. one of the things about valentine's day mm-hmm. uh, is like so the greatest enemy of consent is mm-hmm. assumption Yes. And so if you feel free to snap, if you <laughs> mm-hmm. feel like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, I'm going to get laid. Right. You're wrong because you're yeah. making an assumption right. and that is the greatest enemy of consent. So just because you're taking your lady home or taking your whatever on whatever yeah. doesn't mean that you guys are going to have sex. And that is one of the places where there's not one of those yes or no situations or like right. holding down and you know, like it's not that kind of thing. It's like, Oh, I assumed we were going to have sex tonight. Now it's weird. If we don't, now I feel pressured and there's all that. Then consent yeah. gets blurry. Mm-hmm. So, so what does consent mean for you then? <sighs> That's the thing. Um, I think there's just a lot of nuance around it. There yeah. is a lot of nuance. What I've learned about myself is that like, I cannot track consent very well. Mm-hmm. And so I try to keep myself out of situations where that might be a problem, mm-hmm. which sucks. But, um, and I try to stay away from people that I feel like are making assumptions. Um, yeah. But really, consent to me is both parties verbally agreeing to sex. Yeah. Whether it is a yes or no, right. or it is, I mean, like, I, I ask questions a lot. Like, right. So do I. Because it's, because even if someone says yes, you have to make sure that they're in a position where they have the opportunity to say no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that that they're not in a place of like, if I say no, it's going to be weird. Or if I say no, this person's going to lash out. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. that's why it's like, like I totally get what you're saying. It's just really weird because, um, not that it's weird, but that there's just a lot of nuance around the idea of consent. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, like, you know, at least for me personally, before I get into it with someone, I would tell them, hey, before we get, you know, we get into this, you can say no. 
at mm-hmm. any time that you want. I just want to let you know that. Um, and I feel like that might be a good segue to at least like open that up mm-hmm. for the other person, for them to feel safe. Yeah. For them to, you know, consent to having sex. Mm-hmm. One of the, I mean like, okay, so here's the deal guys. For yeah. those of you listening at home, I'm pretty sexy. And so like <laughs> yeah, one of my, <laughs> one of my major moves <laughs> is to ask, but like in a hot way. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's like one of my favorite moves. Dudes kind of think it's weird, but they're down for it. And women love it. Yeah. Um, and everything in between. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, I'll do like the ear whisper, like, can I go down on you? And they're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yes. I love that because that Because is... it's just, it's a move. Like, I'm being sexy, but they're saying yes. And so I got consent. And like, if somebody does that to me, right. like, poof, like, right. panties drop. And, and even if, if it's not done in a quote-unquote sexy way, like, I've, it's happened to me before where we're, like, getting into it, and then we'll stop, and then they go, is this okay? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, I will be even more attracted to you just because you asked. Mm-hmm. Like, this idea that people think asking for consent is unsexy, to me, that tells me I probably wouldn't want to have sex with you to begin with. Yeah, because it's so hot when you know that, like, someone cares yeah. about whether or not you want it. Right, like, you care about where I'm at and my bodily autonomy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pants are gone. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to take them off. I like yeah. the idea that there are some people out there that are like, oh, so I can just assume that if I ask permission that it's good? Like, you gotta get a yes first. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> But then, but then what happens when, when you're in a situation when a person comes back and says that they didn't consent? God, that's the other thing. So retroactive consent is not something I've ever had to deal with, but I've seen people deal with it and I don't fucking know. I have no idea if they're like consenting to it at the time and then later they're like, Mm -hmm. never mind. I I mean, mean, during you can do it, but after like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's like you would hope that the consent wouldn't be muddy before. So I guess immediately make that person feel safe at all times. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Well, sexual coercion is a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of like what I was mentioning before that, um, you know, making sure you're putting that person in a place where they have the opportunity to say no. You know, Mm -hmm. because with sexual coercion, you don't have to use um, physical harm to... Mm -hmm like you know of course and have sex with you right it can be emotional it can be mental mm-hmm. um i mean another word for that is also manipulation yeah manipulation right? which is right. trying to get what you want without asking for it right. because if you ask for it you're gonna know yeah mm-hmm. sexual coercion is manipulation you know mm-hmm. so it's it's um but yeah so it's kind of like what my was saying that that it you, you don't want it to be muddy right like you want to make sure that everyone is kind of like on the same page mm-hmm. but yeah. l- luckily that ha- i haven't had to deal with that myself either but that's definitely happened like i've seen it happen to other people mm-hmm. yeah so and that's like the best <clears throat> case scenario is prevention right so like once that happens it's like what do you do yeah, yeah. and i mean all in all like if someone says that you hurt them you don't have the right to say that you didn't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like if and this just goes even beyond like you know sex right like in general like if you hurt my feelings or if you hurt me in some way um, you don't have that right to say that, no, I didn't. Because one, that turns to gaslighting really quick. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I, w- I would hope that if, say, that I came forward and was like, hey, this person sexually assaulted me, I would hope that they would do the work to do some kind of accountability and self-crit. 
Mm-hmm. But right. I know that that's not the case most of the time. Well, a lot of people don't think that they need <clears throat> to do that. Yeah. That's the that's what's wrong, you know? Because they're like, oh, my intentions mm-hmm. were, were nice, regardless of how you feel. Mm-hmm. I, it felt good to me, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But Like, it felt good to me, so I don't know why you think that mm-hmm. this was assault, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. What about you, Indisha? What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree with everything else said, um, but... I wanted to particularly talk about consent um, in the queer community. Yeah. I feel like uh, that is something that's a little bit different, uh, different as far as um, people, uh, survivors, how they uh, are treated afterwards and how they uh, have support or lack of thereof. And mm-hmm. that's just because it's hard, harder to support um uh, like a fall if you are a queer person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already hard. To, it's already hard to begin with. But I mean, are you? you also have to deal with are you talking that. about like when two queer people are in a community and someone does something? Are you talking about like someone picking sides or like trying to understand where each person's coming from? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, no. I mean, it's like, kind of like it's just like yeah. I think Indisha was talking more about in general about um, how consent is a, is a little bit more complicated in the queer community versus like in a in the heterosexual paradigm. Yeah. Because like for me personally, um, like now that I have a better idea of what consent looks like, I can recognize it and like understand what sexual assault to me looks like. But if I were dating like queer dating a little bit younger. I would be able to see clearly what sexual assault looks like to me when it's perpetrated by a man versus when a woman does it, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and I think that's when Disha was trying to talk about that, like, with consent, the queer community, um, since we do consume a lot of, like, heterosexual media, we don't have a good, healthy foundation of what consent looks like in the LGBT community. Mm, yeah, I agree. Does that feel true for you, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I also feel like, um, I do, yeah, I feel like the gender, like, the same gender thing has a lot to do with yeah. it, too. Like, having this sort of idea that, like, the masculine dominates the feminine, mm-hmm. and so that will always be the perpetrator, which brings up a lot of other right. stuff. Yeah. Um, but additionally, like, there's also an intersection of kink in uh, the queer communities as yeah. well, and the BDSM uh-huh. scene in queer communities is, like, I mean... It you know it smells a lot danker than in heteronormative communities yeah, for right. sure. Not that that's true for every queer person, yeah. but like those those dynamics and paradigms are definitely projected on to the lifestyle of being queer a little mm-hmm. bit. And so sometimes I feel like in observing that, I'm observing something that can really really toe the line mm-hmm. between abuse or assault mm-hmm. when even the people that are in it may not know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So can I safely assume that you're in the kink community as well? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit of that. A little, little, mm-hmm. little bit of that. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do bondage porn. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, you say you did porn. I didn't know what kind of porn. <laughs> Listen. Do a little bit of that. <laughs> um, so how long have you, have you been involved in the kink community? Do you mind if I ask? 
I mean, I've always been kinky. Yeah, but how long have you been like in the kink? Probably community? since I've been poly. Because really, I mean, I don't consider myself in any community because I'm a lone oh, okay. wolf. But like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I go to events and stuff, uh-huh. and I like hang out with the same people. And, yeah. Um. So I I do feel kind of outside of it, and that I'm not like immersed in it. Uh-huh. Um. But I've been poly for like you know three or four years, and mm-hmm. so I've been kinky for about three or four years, more so like going out and doing it. So has your idea of what consent looks like? change since being since coming out as polyam and also being sort of sort of involved in the kink community yeah i think kink did it first for me yeah like because really when i was doing like scenes with people and Mm -hmm. i was like actually practicing like bdsm instead of just like choke me daddy like it really started to get to the point where people would (laughs) be like hey we're about to do some rough shit yeah like how is this okay is this okay is this okay and there was actually a time we were at um a bar in Houston. I don't know if I can say it or not. I guess I can ripcord. And I was up on a cross Yeah. and, um, there like I, it was the first time that I had done like a public thing in front of everybody, like exhibitionism. Um, and the person that I had the scene with was like super caring and like, I almost cried. Like I, and like people were like trying to take pictures and he like was like, Hey, like, is that okay to me? Like Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, and it was just like, to me, like when I started getting into kink more is when I started realizing like people can ask and it's not unsexy yeah, if they ask right, and right. it's way safer if they ask. And so it started yeah. to get, <laughs> uh, snapping my fingers. it started to get like, it started to bleed over into my other sex yeah. too. So. so you said kink did it for you then? Mm-hmm, yeah. Before more so poly- than polyamory, than polyamory for sure. Mm-hmm. What does consent look like for you in the polyamory, um, in your polyamory, sorry, in your polyamorous relationships other than just sex? Don't assume I want to date you. Oh. <laughs> Don't assume. I'm really big about social consent right now. Fuck yeah. Like Shit. sexual consent's cool and yeah, I get it. Right. But like if you go onto my Facebook page for my uh, my fan page, I have a, a video on there right now about uh-huh. about like conversational consent because it is so like easy for people to assume things in conversation mm-hmm. and in polyamory and this happens in the community and it happens for people watching outside. Yeah. Everybody assumes that you're down. And we're not, especially fucking hot bisexual women that are single. Like everyone oh wants that. Oh and so they think like, <laughs> oh, we're going to, we're going to hop up on this and it's going to be a happy little family. Go fuck yourself. You didn't even ask me. So, yeah. yeah. And that to me is like more of a problem than, I mean, we do have sexual consent problems in polyamory community for sure. Yeah. But greater than that, and maybe perhaps more vocal, um, is the problem where people just assume that everybody wants to date and go on a date with you. And like every time we hang out, mm-hmm. it's a date, you know, like mm-hmm. that's Gross. the problem in polyamory. <laughs> so you used to, you mentioned something about social consent. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, social consent is, I mean, you can just take the same phrase that I said earlier about how assumptions are the enemy of consent because making social mm-hmm. assumptions can be just as damaging. Mm-hmm. So, a good example earlier yeah. when I was giving you guys advice and I didn't ask if you wanted advice first, that was me <laughs> breaching your social consent, um, which I do on accident, but I'm working oh, on it. I mean, it's fine. Um, as long also, as you like, noticed that, I fucking did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all do. I mean, it's good that we're, we're becoming more aware about social consent and consenting and conversations in mm-hmm. general, but it's fine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love social consent because it's, yeah. it's something that makes 
all of the other stuff way easier. Like mm-hmm. arguments on the internet and disagreeing with your family and like having a regular relationship. Yeah. Whenever you make an assumption about something, like learn to recognize what an assumption is and then learn to like talk to yourself about it. Like, mm-hmm. am I assuming this? Is mm-hmm. there a way I can check in about that? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, a big one that's easy for everybody to do is like, you know, has anyone ever walked up to you and just immediately started talking about their problems for like 15 minutes straight? Oh, the yeah. So what I like to do mm-hmm. and what I, I semi-trained people around mm-hmm. me to do is to be like, hey, do you have space to like listen to me talk about some deep shit right now? Mm-hmm. And then I wait for them to say yes. And if they don't, I save it for somebody who has space for it. So yeah, that's I, a big one for I've me. I've been doing a lot better about that, which I didn't realize I was practicing uh, social consent, but... Um, I, I need to get better about doing it in general though, but I've been trying at least to, um, be better about when I have a problem that I will reach out to someone like, Hey, do you have the spoons to hear me out? Mm -hmm. Um, especially if like, for example, I want to talk about something that isn't related to me. Like, you know, I can't relate with being trans. Right. And I want to talk to my friends a close friend of mine who I can bounce ideas off of and they have, and they're trans too. Mm-hmm. I will ask them like, do you have the emotional spoons to have this conversation with me? Cause this will require emotional labor. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's okay too. Yeah. You don't have to have this conversation. It's just, I trust your opinion, yeah. but that's okay too. If you don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? Yeah. Andy? Social, social consent is definitely something that I feel like needs to be adopted more just because it's hard to, care about other people's issues especially when you can't really deal with your own at the time you know yeah and that's another thing about it's like that's a huge pillar of it is knowing what emotional labor is and knowing the value of emotional labor yeah and making your requests around emotional labor rather than assumptions mm-hmm. yeah especially because um um I, I, I love all my friends and i have a lot of friends who have mental illness and so i know that for them not that I don't know how to say this, but I know that for them, emotional labor will be more valuable because they have so limited, you know, emotional labor for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not trying to say that for all my friends who have mental illness. I'm just, like, really thinking of a couple top of my head that I would really want to make sure that if they're giving me the emotional labor to have a conversation with me about any sort of subject that I'm going to really be really appreciative of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not that I'm trying to make an assumption about all people with mental illness it's just Mm -hmm. like i said i'm thinking about really mostly like one or two friends top of my head yeah well to double tap on that like a great form of oppression that everybody loves to practice is like taking one person that's a part of a community and being like hey can you educate me on something that i can easily fucking google right so to me like social consent is being like hey like i have a question about like gender race sexuality polyamory like are you open to answering that question right now yeah you know what i mean because people just fucking blow up my inbox i should fucking charge you you know what i mean yeah seriously "Mm -hmm." like i just yeah start charging people because to me it's like i don't mind having these kinds of conversations with people it's just i would rather have you know social i would rather have the consent to have that conversation yeah just like fucking like i love fucking but like can you ask me you know like i love talking about polyamory but don't just assume i'm following everybody around trying to teach a couple how to open themselves up you know right like you know i could totally talk to you about what it's like to be brown but (laughs) (laughs) i wish you guys could see the hand gesture Yeah, brown (laughs) but like but i would rather you know like you ask me like hey like i want your opinion about this like x thing about you know the the latinx comedian not that i'm like the fucking like ambassador of all 
Latinx people, but yeah, in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that, the, that assumption is the oppressive part and the non consensual yeah. part. Right. Is saying like, I don't know something cause I don't have to know something. And so you right. have to know it for me. Like go right. find yourself. Most of the time, if I have those conversations with people, I've already tried to do my own research. Mm-hmm. It's just, I've gotten to a point where it's like, okay, <clears throat> I've tried to like look at the depths of Google and I'm not sure if I'm still quite getting it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does help to have like a social perspective on that and like have, you know, have like close friends. I mean, like, you know, I have a lot of friends that I feel like safe reaching out to and I yeah. don't feel like it's like, I don't feel like I'm taking from them. I feel like there's an exchange of. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time I would prefer an exchange of ideas rather than being like, I want you to sit here and school me mm-hmm. on yeah. the subject Learning. that I don't need to know about. Yeah. Cause it's like, I want like a conversation and like a development of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you giggling over there, Mai? Because I'm ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Uh, I am a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. Um,. My, I think you need to go to bed. It's past your bedtime already. I, I do. It is pretty late. It's only nine twenty, and my needs to go to bed already. Yeah, I've been at it, dude. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I would be lying if I said I wasn't ready for bed either. Oh, look! Look at that. Everyone's ready for bed, y'all. They don't want to speak to y'all anymore. No, that's not true. <laughs> so, um, going back to this idea of like, you know, going back to consent obviously um i kind of want to circle back on um uh uh accountability mm-hmm. what does accountability look like for y'all um i'm gonna go so yeah. like recently i did have a friend mm-hmm. who uh i guess violated your consent it, yes violated my privacy and violated my space and yeah so i came to them and was like hey you made me feel uncomfortable. This is why you made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily apologize for what they did. They basically said, like, this was great. I experienced a great time. And oh. I'm sorry that you felt that way. Oh, my God. And I was like, holy fuck, that's not a goddamn apology. Yeah. You know, like... <clears throat> um, so for me, it would be a good, a good, you know accountability thing is just like acknowledging what you did and what did you do to make that person feel that way yeah Um, Uh but first i feel like you'd have to take a step back and you know criticize what you did i feel like accountability is like baseline Yeah, I think that the core yeah. thing, like what Indisha was saying, the core thing about being account uh, being accountable is being empathetic. And I think that well, no, but I'm but it's, it's true, true though. Yeah. But it's true though. Like you know, you can laugh at me if you want. No, but, but like, I'm, but my I'm laughing is because like not everyone holds like empathy. Yeah, you know? I was about to say, why are you laughing at me? Though? No, it's like a big yeah. request to make of people that have never had like yeah empathy shown to them or like given yeah. a good example of what empathy looks like for their gender. You know, like yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of ways that like people don't get the luxury of having empathy, and so that's a huge problem in our society as a whole. But also, like 
the big question is like, how do we teach accountability to people that have never had to be held accountable? Um, yeah. The things you fucking were taught. <laughs> no, I mean like, and, 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 and that's a big thing too, that teaching someone how to be accountable uh, when they've never had to be accountable for something to take responsibility for the actions that they have done does require emotional labor from somebody. It doesn't have to be from the survivor themselves. But I think that in order, if, if the survivor wants the assailant to self crit and be like, Hey, like, you know what? I want to do better. Right. Cause I mean, some, I mean, some survivors just want their assailants to just fuck off forever, which is valid, right? But then there's some of them who are like, no, I actually want to see this person change so they don't do this to another person, right? Right. Um, that kind of requires emotional labor, if not from like some like someone else, then it's or from the, the survivor. Yeah. Well, like what what I'm saying is, that it doesn't have to come from the survivor because it might be too triggering for them to actually come up to True. their assailant and be like, "You did this thing to me that really hurt me." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. So. If, if not from the survivor, it has to come from somebody to be like, okay, you fucked up and this is how you're going to do better. Mm -hmm. Like I can <clears throat> help you, but you have, but you assailant have to do the labor to be better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that requires a lot of checking in right. as well. Um, but I think my have this really good thing, um, that you pulled up online, right? Like how, how to self oh, crit. Um, well, I found it in this this group that I'm in, um, and they're always actively on people about accountability, yeah. basically. Um, and essentially, it's just like your your impact is always more important than your intent. You yeah. Know? Mm. Like. Yeah. Um, That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, I wish I could go back to every human that ever gaslighted me and just like hold my phone right? up. Right. And be like, this is, this is the thing. Right. Yeah. And like your intent was irrelevant at that point. You know, right. it's just like, it, it doesn't fucking like, matter. Like, like, like there are no excuses for what you did. Like, right. I don't need to hear the reason why you didn't intend for that. Like, right. I don't give a fuck at this point. Don't invalidate yeah. how I feel because yeah. this is how I feel. And this is how you made me feel. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. um, and I guess like also calling out, but like calling out culture is kind of, um, there's ambiguity there, you know? Um, I think call out culture is mostly a good thing. Um, I'd rather it be there than not. And most of the time, at least this is what I've observed. When people call out someone in public, that's their last resort. Mm. Um, most, that's at least what I've experienced. I mean, I haven't, I think I've done it. I've done it before. But that's because that was sort of my last resort that I was like, hey, like, I feel like I've been trying to tell people about this person, but no one's listening to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would I'm going to hopefully assume that. Well, I, I don't want to assume like I'm going to safely assume that most of the time when people do a public call out, it is the last resort because calling out someone in public sucks. Like that yeah. kind of backlash <clears throat> is not fun. Um, thankfully I didn't experience a lot of backlash myself, but I've seen it happen to other people mm -hmm. to where when they call someone out, um, just so much shit came out of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I think that it's mostly a good thing. And I do think that most of the time people do it because it's their last resort. Right. Um, cause the risk is high. Yeah. The risk is super fucking high because Especially not only for women, right? Because, um, especially if you're doing it yourself and not behind like an anonymous like thing, you're putting your face out there for you to be an easy target. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have to call these people brave 
for doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, most certainly. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. I know that people like kind of shit on call, call out culture, but I'd rather it be there than not. Well, I guess it depends what, what you're calling out for. Like, if it's, you know, these kinds of instances where mm-hmm. people are being violated, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call out culture can be a good thing if it always keeps in mind of the survivor. Um, I it can get toxic really quickly, and the, a good example of this was uh, this Instagram handle called um, Hardcore Predators, which was a ins- I think it still exists. I haven't checked, but it was an Instagram solely of um, literally calling out these shitty dudes in the hardcore scene, which it was. I it made me uncomfortable about it, um, just because it's kind of like, but is this what the survivor wants? Mm-hmm. Um, do they really want? you taking like you putting that information out there about what these people have done um and also i feel like that can get really triggering when you have all this information about all these different people that did like these shitty things right Mm -hmm. and i think that if i remember correctly there's like a screenshot that they were taking submissions i guess to put more like people on their hand uh, on their instagram like like more sexual predators on their handle to be like watch out for these dudes but literally it said need more victims of and i don't remember what all it lasts but basically it just sounded more like tmz than mm-hmm. actual like social just any justice for the survivors yeah it's just like you can hijack anything and turn it into sensationalism yeah you know yeah. which media is really good at doing yeah so that's basically what that i'm trying to say that it was just more sensationalism instead of like actually trying to bring justice to these survivors because it's kind of like, yeah, you can call out these dudes all day long, but what's the next step? Like what happens next? Like, is there really any justice happening for these survivors at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we should be focusing on. Cause it's a witch hunt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a witch. Yeah. When y'all said intent, I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you call for me? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's so, I'm in comedy. Yeah, see, And same, uh, like, I got some shit yeah. to talk about when it comes to call-out culture. And, on, like, when I started, it was about a year from the time that I started to mm-hmm. the time Louis C.K. got called out. And the first oh, six, the yeah. first, the first, like, two or three months, even bleeding into the six, first six months of me doing comedy mm-hmm. were the hardest months of my life to be a woman and to be a performer and to be a writer. Like I've never experienced so much direct misogyny from people mm-hmm. as I did when I started comedy. Oh, especially in Houston too. It's rough. Yeah. Houston's really hard. It's a total boys club. I was one oh, of yeah. maybe three female comedians. And honestly, like the, like there's like a prime female comic in Houston. Like that's one of those, like your male approval is on the way, you know, like one of those people. Oh, and so fuck. like, um, I may or may not know who you're talking and so it just, it felt like so isolating and so alone. And I had a lot of really great consensual sex during that time, but it didn't keep me from getting slut shamed. And that's actually, that's how the sell your body show was born was because I was constantly dealing yeah. with people assuming that I was down for sex specifically because I had tits on my body. Yeah. Can I just say that I feel like in particular with the comedy scene in Houston, I've only been to a couple of comedy shows, um, mostly with you, my very few, but with the like amount of like blatant misogyny and like jokes about things that are out, like outrageous and just shouldn't be there without, I can't tell if it's like a horrible thing because they're talking about it or a good thing because you can look around you and see who's like laughing and mm-hmm. see who thinks that shit is funny. 
Right. Well, that's because that's the thing. Times, like I'll sit there and hear like some someone just go like completely out of line, and then there's stone face staring at them, and like there's people like beside me and behind me like laughing, and I'm like, what's up with that? Like, I don't know. Mm. Weird. <laughs> it is. You're right. I'm sorry. I did that yeah. too. <laughs> No. Yeah, how no, dare you? Anything. I can tell it's seeing. I can tell that's just the way it is. Like, I mean, I've experienced even, like, I mean, unfortunately, I've experienced even, like, female comics say, like, really misogynistic or, like, disgusting things on stage, and people are into it, but then I get, like, you, know, you gotta do as in Rome, what is the thing when you're in Rome, whatever. So, I, like, I get what you guys are saying, like, you know, you have to roll with the dogs and do whatever they do, but it's just like, come on, like, do you really think this is funny or saying something weird so people laugh yeah yeah um but yeah one of the biggest arguments that i had when i first started was Mm -hmm. i told a lot of rape jokes and um i am a rape victim content warning uh and a lot of the jokes that i told were about my own rape and so people would jump on me the men would jump on me because they were like oh well i'm not allowed to tell rape jokes and i'm like have you been raped because you're welcome to joke about it because you're that happened to you and now it belongs to you and they just like on like i can't i can't even Ugh, I have screenshots. Do you find that well, cathartic to joke about it for yeah. sure? And that's how I handle all of my trauma mm-hmm. is totally like joking or creating or mm-hmm. manifesting it into something that's not mm-hmm. the actual trauma. And I knew that long before I started comedy, but trying to explain that to people was really difficult. Yeah. So when Louis CK got called out, uh, my time hop brought up the very same post where I had that argument with people. And it was like literally days apart mm-hmm. a year ago. And I, I like, I like tears all up in my eyes and I was like, it's only been a year. Like, and like we've come so far. I mean, not the route of the woods, but yeah. It so, just seemed interesting. So you, you said that you started the sell your body show when you started become went not when you started becoming active in the comedy scene, but when you start experiencing a lot of misogyny in the comedy scene, right? Uh, yeah. When I started to realize that like people assumed that because I was on stage and because I was wearing a dress mm-hmm. that I was down like for sex or that I was a sex object or mm-hmm. because my jokes were about sex that I wanted to have sex with people. Mm-hmm. You're being fetishized basically. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like to take something that I thought was, I thought was like, I was a super cool girl, you know, like yeah. cool girl TM yeah. and like, yeah. you know what I mean? TM. And still even in that people were like saying like, Oh, well you're a hot, you're a hot female comic. And they were giving me this label that I didn't ask for. It was so non-consensual. Yeah. Um, and so it just seemed to me like there is very little difference between my sex work and my comedy because I'm still selling my body in both places. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it was born of. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the sell your body show. Um, I'll be honest. I tried to look it up on Facebook. I didn't get much at like of what it was. I know you said it's a burlesque show, but like, is there anything more to that? Like, like what? What does it all entail? It is a little shrouded in mystery. There's not a whole lot of information on the internet. Each one is very different. Okay. Um, and the idea is that you're kind of surprised when you get there, but, um, okay. So there's comedy, there's music, there's burlesque. Um, the burlesque that I do is incredibly performative. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just like, you know, like what you would think of as like flashy burlesque. So I Mm -hmm. call it gritty burlesque. Um, and I have, you know, like sometimes I have rappers on, sometimes I have like, um, fetish like performers on sometimes it just really depends on what's going on. Um, and this one I'm really excited for because my routine is going to be rad. And I haven't booked all of it yet, but I'm really, really excited for mine. Um, and this one we're going to have like an art installation, which is Ooh, the first time we're going to yeah. do that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. So it's really what it, what it's designed kind of now geared toward is like, it's kind of like a counterculture burlesque show mm-hmm. because some of what I'm seeing in like burlesque is becoming a lot like flashier and stripperier, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like it's really hot and super cool, mm-hmm. but like I am more into like the kind of grungy side of uh, naked performance. And so I'm kind of just trying to like manifest more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And how many shows have you done? Goodness. A lot. 10? Yeah. Like 10? 10. I think this might be the 11th one mm-hmm. that I'm about to do. I mean, when I first started, it was really big and it like, like kind of dipped down a little in the middle yeah. of last year. And then the last couple ones I did last year did really well. So, mm-hmm. um, this one I'm, I'm doing less. I used to do it once a month. Now I'm just doing it twice a year. Mm-hmm. So you'll only be able to see it in the third weekend here. Pop up your calendar. It's like the third weekend of April. The third weekend of April. Let's look it up. I can pull it up right here. February, March, April. Okay. You says the third weekend. Mm-hmm. So April 21st. Oh. Yeah, April 21st. Almost my birthday. Almost Ooh. your birthday. Ooh. Get a birthday dance. We'll sing you happy birthday. So and I, um, I, I think you had also mentioned that consent also plays a part in your sell your body show, right? It does. Yeah. There's a lot. So a lot of it is more conceptual, but, um, we have like, I have slogans every time. Like the first one was my nudity is not my consent. And so that was like a poster that we circulated. And then this one is my arousal. Your arousal is not my responsibility. Mm. Oh, I like that. Thank you. (laughs) So the, like, so we hand out the poster that says your arousal is not my responsibility. And so people have that for them. Ooh, yeah. I want one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Britt, thanks for coming on and Yeah, this yeah. was thanks fun. So yeah. Sorry, I we're all tired. No, it's good. I'll come back on. We'll do we'll do a bunch. We could do a bunch. We could do We could talk for work. a lifetime. We could yeah. do Polly. We could do yeah. all that shit. No, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So Follow Britt on um, Polly Wanna Podcast. Yeah, do you want to plug in all your yeah. handles real quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, my Twitter is at Fulla Britt, which is F-U-L-L-A-B-R-I-T-T. And then Facebook.com slash Fulla Britt is my Facebook. You can like my Facebook page. You can like Sell Your Body Show on Facebook, mm-hmm. which I put out art content on that a lot. So even if you're not going to go to the show, at least like, like the shit that I made. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> my kink stuff is Astra Adara. And I think that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, those are all the things. <coughs> well, nice. well, thank you for coming on to this show. Um, y'all don't forget to like our page and share our page as well. And if you can, please, please, please leave a rating on our iTunes page and leave a review. Uh, tell us why you love us or why you fucking hate us. You know, that's fine. You know. Yeah. Um, and we also recently got a new Twitter. It is at Veer underscore Queer HTX. Yeah. I think we misspoke in the last episode. So I think we said it was Veer Queer Podcast, but yeah. that's not it. And uh, our Facebook is Facebook.com slash Veer Queer Podcast. So anyway, um, yeah. we, we will... S- Yeah. yeah, we hope you all have a happy, happy, consensual Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Yeah, and thanks for listening to all this <laughs> rough audio. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yikes. All right, bye, y'all. Bye. bye.